Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Hey, hey, Michigan Maniacs. This is the Michigan Football Rant, and I am your host, Adam Brewer. This is the big game pregame, Washington, the national championship game. Oh, it never, I'll tell you, it never gets old saying that. Never, ever gets old saying that. Um, so let's just hop into it, right? Uh <laughs> This is, first of all, it's filled with all sorts of crazy, cool type of uh, coincidences, maybe, or at least one. Uh, Last episode, I told you about the 2014 coincidence I kind of gleamed or pulled from, you know. Um, This is another one. Michigan, in 1997, when they won the national title, won, beat... Uh, beat Washington State. Now, for us to win a national title, we have to beat Washington. I, not much of a coincidence, but still same state. Kind of interesting that when it's the biggest moment of Michigan's lives, it has to do with beating a Washington team, right? Interesting. But um, some of the stuff that I've been hearing lately has just been weird to me. Like, I don't know weird, but it's just odd to hear other people talk about a team that I cover and that we all love and listen to and just watch and everything we can consume. How most of these people, when they have shows, podcasts, are pretty well-known and well-respected. Most of them really don't pay attention to shit. I've heard now numerous podcasts say this, that with that uh, Washington is a very old team, right? They're very old. You know, you're not going to be able to pull a lot over on them. They're, you know, they're older, so they 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 are more battle tested. And you're like, excuse me for a second. Michigan is about to lose close to fifteen to twenty players in or to the NFL draft. Um. Most of it, not because they're leaving early, but because they've hit their allotment of time in college football. Um, Also, out of the two teams, who's been to three straight uh, CFP playoff games? So if you were going to – or playoff series or whatever you want to say, right? Uh, If you were going to say out of the two teams, who has the most experience – Washington has zero experience when it comes to what they're getting ready to do. They beat Texas, fine, but they have zero. This is one game experience. Michigan's had three years of this. Now, granted, we we dicked around and screwed up most of those years. The back-to-back years, fine. But like I've always said, Georgia would have whipped our ass anyways. Um, I just get tired of this narrative that Washington is just 
so dynamic in the past. Now, listen, I'm not trying to downplay how good Washington is. Washington's very, very good. Very good. But what makes me want to retch for two reasons. One, when when people compare Washington, when they compare Michael Penix and his three wide receivers, and they ask other people in the know, hey, who do you think's better, what, uh, Penix and his three, or J.J. Stroud, fuck, uh, Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, Marvin Harrison Jr., uh, Jackson and Jigba, uh, uh, um, number two. I mean, are you, are you mentally defective in a way? Because... Last time I checked, all the people you just mentioned on the Ohio State side are playing in the NFL and currently killing it outside of Marvin, uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. And uh, oh, what is number two's name? I cannot remember his name. Oh well, whatever. And and Jig, I think it's in Jigba, isn't it? I don't know Jackson something, and then this other cat number two. Anyways, Jackson and that other Jackson and. Uh, Garrett Wilson and um, Chris Olave, all in the NFL, killing it. All, I believe, starting for teams in the NFL. C.J. Stroud, if not if he didn't get hurt in the last couple weeks, I think it was, he was on pace to be mentioned in the NFL MVP race. You cannot compare Michael Pittnick Jr. and his three amigos with dudes who are currently killing it in the NFL. Because if you ask me who's better, I'm going to tell you it's Ohio State. Ohio State is vastly better than Washington, in my opinion. Not that Washington isn't good. And not I'm not saying that if Michigan goes out there and uh, assumes they're just going to win this game, Washington will run us right off the field because Washington is very, very good. Offensively, they're very good. Right, so that's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying it's a little insulting, and it's the other reason why it annoys me that I have to say this is that now I'm defending a very school that I can't stand. Right, I can't stand them. I can't stand their fan base. Can't stand any of it. But I have to defend it because it's it's ridiculousness to me to say that C.J. Stroud, even Marvin Harrison, and number two, and Cade Stover, and everyone else that they've had for the last two years is lesser than than Washington right now. Because last time I checked, C.J. Stroud this time last year was almost beating, was a bad field goal away from beating Georgia. Washington couldn't effing say that even with Michael Penix Jr. on the squad last season. So it's, it's annoying to a certain extent. It's like the media will trip over themselves to do anything they can just to diminish what Michigan is doing. Finally, though, ESPN had to admit, and that's kind of the sweetness about most of it. Now, Stephen A. Smith is a moron, and I don't think he'll ever give Michigan any credit. But... Fine, uh, as Harbaugh will call him, Peter Feinbaum, uh, admitted finally that Michigan was really, really good. And ESPN, everybody else is starting to come around. Now, listen, do I think that if Michigan loses to Washington that they won't just immediately eviscerate Michigan? No, I absolutely think they'll do that. 
But for right now, it's funny to watch them eat their words. So I love that. Um, A lot of interesting things going on in this game, right? Like I've said. Uh, What I find kind of cool is that for the last... The last three Joe Moore winning offensive line are playing one another. And I think there's a little bit of competition there. So I think Michigan is going or should enter this in feeling slighted and that they weren't really respected for the third to get a third straight. Now, listen, they didn't, in my opinion, they didn't play well enough to do that. But still, I think they're going to want to go and show that, hey, you may have won it this year. But we are the real dudes. We're the real Joe Mora winners, right? Um, I kind of look. Would I like that idea? I like the uh, the competition in that. Um, I just I think about when people talk about how good Washington is. I wanted to look this up because I'm very curious. They give Washington's offense so much credit. And deservingly so, right? Deservingly so. They are electric. They have big time, big time play potential. I get it. But I was curious, over the last five weeks, what was the level of competition that this Washington team was playing defensively, right? Their offense against the other team's defense compared to what Michigan's offense was going against and keep in consideration that J.J. McCarthy was injured from the Penn State game going forward until we played Alabama, okay? Just keep that in mind. Now, Washington, their last five games was against Utah, Oregon State, Washington State, Oregon, and Texas, okay? Utah, which, by the way, lost to Northwestern. I don't know how many opt-outs or whatever, but lost to one of the worst Big Ten teams. Um, in their bowl game, but Utah's defense was ranked 17th overall. Oregon State was ranked 46th overall. Washington State was ranked 68th overall. Oregon, dynamic Oregon, very good team, not taking anything away from Oregon. Oregon was ranked 21st overall, and Texas's defense was ranked 28th overall. Considering that's a pretty great number when you understand that Texas's uh, pass defense is 92nd in the nation. Keep that in mind. Now, Michigan. Michigan's offense with a hurt JJ played Penn State, Ohio, Iowa, Bama, well, Maryland, and Bama. Those are the five teams. Not obviously in order, but those were the five teams, right? Penn State's number two overall. Ohio is ranked number three overall. Iowa is ranked number five overall. Bama's ranked number 19 overall. And Maryland's ranked 29th overall. And we had a hurt quarterback. You hurt Penix. I would like to know what Washington's record would be against those teams if they had a hurt Michael Penix. I don't think it would be good. I really don't. He's the key to everything, right? Um, he, I mean, he's dynamic. I'll give it to him. He's very dynamic, but this isn't going to be the first time we've played a dynamic quarterback. 
So I'm not very worried about it. But I'll be honest, there's one thing I heard today out of all the things I was kind of part, you know, like consuming and understanding and just really enjoying, to be quite honest. And there's a uh, Cover 3 podcast. And one of them said when asked, give me what you think about which team can win or which team could lose, right? And he goes, well, I can see Michigan beating Washington. And I can also see Michigan blowing out Washington. Now, I can see Washington beating Michigan, but I can't see Washington blowing Michigan out. That's a very good description on how we should be looking at this. Um, and then you, I also heard a lot of, oh, well, uh, you know, Michigan, I mean, Washington wants to get out there and play fast-paced football, and they want to, you know, wear out Michigan's defense and blah, blah, blah. Okay, that's fine. And they can do a very fast-paced offense. But sooner or later, let's say they score, they still have to kick the ball off to Michigan. I don't think you're going to see Michigan even try and play that game. Because they know they can run the ball against Washington. Texas was running the ball very well against Washington. They did it for some reason. Sark couldn't do it or not even couldn't do it. I think he gets bored by it. And also the turnovers was a big problem for Texas when it came to sustaining drives and all that. So Michigan stays relatively turnover-free, which they have most of the season, you're going to see Michigan do the same stuff they always do. They're going to run the ball, and you're going to have to try and stop them. I don't think Washington can do it. I don't. And I think when they try to, after Michigan keeps jamming it down their throat, I think Michigan's going to start hitting them with uh, play-action pass, uh, and they're going to start beating them downfield. I think you're going to see a lot of, uh, a lot of quick hitting pass plays, kind of like what they did to Bama's defense. I just, I don't see. No matter how bad or how good tennis, or how good Washington's offense is, they still have to give the ball over to Michigan's offense, and they have to hope and pray that their defense comes up big. I don't know if that's possible. So what I would say to that is, um, well, I'll get to this in the keys in the keys to victory for for uh, for Michigan. Um, just to give you an idea, also before we get into that, Washington is fifth. Washington's offensive line, I think, is fifteen to twenty pounds lighter than Michigan's defensive line. To give you an idea, Washington's center, and I can't remember his name, he weighs 275 pounds. He is going to be going up against either uh, Mason Graham, who is well over 300 pounds, or Kenneth Grant, who is 340 pounds and I guarantee you probably runs a faster 40 time than the center who is, what, 60-something pounds lighter than him? If we ate up Bama's offensive line, which Kurt Herbstreet will tell you is bigger than 
all NFL offensive lines, and we ate them for lunch. If, as a whole, Washington's offensive line gives up 15 to 20 pounds to our defensive line, we're going to eat them alive. Now, the great thing about that is we don't have to create pressure, at least I don't think we will, have to create pressure with a lot of blitzes like we did with Milrow. We did that because I would assume Minter knows that Milrow can't read coverages for shit. So he knew I can blitz him and blitz him, and he would get he would get spooked, and if we can get in on him, he wouldn't be able to know what to do. We could frazzle that brain. You can't do that with Penix. Penix is bright. Penix is smart. He knows how to move in the pocket. And the great part about a quarterback that knows how to move in the pocket is when your pass rush comes at him, if your defensive tackles are creating and leading the pressure that messes with a guy, a quarterback who is very good in the pocket. Ask Tom Brady. All the teams that ever got to Tom Brady or made him look bad were the ones that could pressure him in the middle. That's what we do very well. So I would assume we're going to make Michael Penix feel very uncomfortable. That's, I mean, I just don't, there's just so many things that I, that just scream 2014 for me with Ohio State versus Oregon. It, it really just seems like it is the same game getting played, what, 10 years later? It really does. I mean, the way Oregon played offense is much different than the way Washington does, only because Mariota could run the ball and prefer to run the ball. And they had more of a RPO type type of thing where Mario could either throw it or run it or or hand it off, all that kind of stuff. You're not going to see that with Penix. They're gonna, you know, they're gonna have a classic drop back, and he's gonna just try and just pick people apart if he can. Um, obviously, I don't think that's gonna happen. Um, let me see here. I'll go over some stuff. Okay, let's. Uh, I think I covered everything I want to cover. On that stuff, uh, let's go ahead and hit the uh, the keys to victory. Now, the keys of victory for our special teams is just show the fuck up. If you, any one of you, now I'm talking about the punter, the field, and I can't, you know what? I can't blame Turner. That that field goal, what well, the the snap was too high, and it screwed up the timing. So I'm not going to blame Turner. So Doman, whoever the long snapper is, and whoever returns the punts, if you guys do not remove your heads from your butts and get focused in on this game, you should be kicked off the team. Plain and simple. You guys are only there not to um, be stars. You're just there not to fuck shit up. Right? Doman, get back to who the fuck you were that whole season. Stop thinking you're cool or worrying, ooh, whatever whatever the hell you thought you were doing in that game, because you're the punter. What pressure is it to you that you're a punter in the fucking college football playoff? You're a punter for God's sakes. Uh, Pat McAfee left being a professional punter in the NFL to be a podcaster that goes to tell you how important 
being a punter is in the overall scope of NFL or even college football. You don't matter. Punt the ball super high up in the fucking air and put it down about 40 to 50 yards in there. That's all you got to fucking do, man. No one cares about kind of your shimmy or whatever the fuck you used to do. You are Tommy Doman, the punter. The fact that I can even know your first name annoys me. You're a punter. Thaw. I don't know if you have been beamed in the head too much or if you were uh, vaping or doing edibles or huffing glue or whatever you thought you were, whatever you were doing because you didn't think you were going to make it into the Rose Bowl. If you do that again, they should beat you with bamboo sticks and make you walk home from the game in Houston to Ann Arbor. They should do, they should reenact the shame scene from Game of Thrones with all of you punk ass mother effers if you fuck this up. You are special teams. Understand that. Thaw, if the ball goes over your head, don't track it and trying to catch it. No one's interested in seeing a 10-yard return by thaw. No one. Not even your mother. Let the ball go over your fucking head, walk on, and then just trot off the fucking field. Plain and simple. Whoever the long snapper is, you skip one fucking ball off the ground get to foot locker and start becoming the the al bundy of your generation you're a long snapper it's embarrassing that you even snapped it high and then scooted one on the floor what the fuck are you a alabama center if you can't snap the ball son get off the team. That was embarrassing. If Jay Harbaugh, last name wasn't Harbaugh, he should have been fired for how bad that fucking special teams act. Their, their performance was the worst. Disgusting, actually. It's disgusting. And I, I don't know if I really... I, the people who try to say, oh, well, he muffed thought when he muffed the punt. But, I mean, look what the kind of mental fortitude it took for him to actually be able to stop it from going into the end zone. Are you kidding me? You're trying to tell me that the moron that didn't know not to just walk forward and not catch the ball or in the most critical moment of the game. You're telling me that this moron couldn't walk forward and let the ball go over his head, but now you're going to tell me because he didn't understand that, that he, he's brilliant or just savvy or what, what a gut check he had by, oh, correcting his fuck up without getting a goddamn safety? Give me a break. It's embarrassing that people even try and spin it like that. You embarrass yourself and your family when you try to defend that kind of fucking football play. That's awful.
Anyways, I'll get off the fucking ah, the special teams. And let's face it, uh, they, they are pretty special. And they're wearing helmets. That's all I got to say. It's kind of, rem- uh, you know, what am I going to say? You know what I'm saying without me saying it? Because I don't want to be insensitive. Um, so keys to victory. Let's get back to that. Defensively. Just do the same thing you did against Ohio State. And I'm talking about the same thing you did against Ohio State in 2021 and 2022. Actually, since Minter's been there, 2022 and 2023, that's fine. Let them do whatever the hell. Make them earn every yard from the 20 to the 20. But when they get within in the red zone, big blue wall. Make them trade touchdowns for field goals. If we do that, we should be able to blow Washington out. We should. Defensively, you make Washington earn every effing yard until they get into the red zone, and then you build a wall. It doesn't matter if you that's how you need to do it. Beat them up, push them, make them earn those routes. Make them earn those catches every time that Penix touches, throws the ball within reason. Hit him, touch him, let him know you're there. Make him uncomfortable. That's what we need to do. Do basically what we did against Ohio State 2021 to 2023. I'm fine with that. Um, like another one, make Penix uncomfortable. Like I just said, within reason, every play, be touching him, looking at him talking to him, make him feel uncomfortable. If he decides to run that ball within reason, make him regret it. Hit him hard within reason. Do not jeopardize a a drive for personal vendetta, right? Or, you know, to really hurt someone that's never okay. Um, that's what we need for defense, right? I If we do the same thing we did for Ohio State, we will have a greater chance of winning this game. Now we go to offense. When you have the ball, we want to do what Michigan does. Run the ball. Eat up time. The less time that Michael Penix and his three amigos are out there, the better for our defense, the more our defense can rest, and the better for our offense. I do Do not think Washington can stop our run. Washington is 41st in the nation against the rush. But also, shockingly, they're 121st against the pass. So I think that's what Sark was trying to do, was trying to eat them up with the pass. When he, uh, I think he gets bored by the run. But if you were to look at the yards per play... I think they were actually kind of tied. I think yards per play was like 7.6, and I think yards per run was like 7.1. Still seven yards per play. So mm, maybe you should have used the run more. Just, you know, we've already gone over that, so I'm not going to delve back into that. Um, You need to, on offense, be effective in the red zone. We need to score touchdowns, not field goals. 
I mean, it's, I mean, obviously, I'm not saying anything that's like, oh my God, did, I can't believe he came up with that. I mean, trade, I mean, you want to score touchdowns instead of field goals, and you want to make them trade in touchdowns for field goals? That's brilliant. Who would ever thought about that? I know, I'm just saying, keys to victory. This is what we should be looking for, right? Um, I really do believe, man, that this, we have a good chance of beating this team, man. We really do. Uh, it's going to be hard. And I say it, how hard or how easy it is all depends on the mental makeup and the mental, um, focus and whatever they are Michigan is when they enter that game. I think Michigan can dictate terms to Washington way more than Washington will ever be able to dictate terms to Michigan. Now, if Washington had a better defense, I think definitely they could dictate the terms of what this game will be played like. But Michigan has a much better defense, and their offense does not mind being boring. So that means Michigan has no problem winning a 10-7 to game. Zero problem. And no matter how fast Washington scores, Michigan will never be lulled into a shootout, in my opinion. Because as you saw against Alabama, when we muffed the punt and they got it, and then what, two plays later, they ran it in for a 34-yard touchdown. Next drive, Michigan went 75 yards for a touchdown to even it up. They didn't try and hit big plays. They didn't try to hurry nothing. They methodically moved down the field, and they scored a touchdown. Michigan will not be rushed. You cannot do it. So that's why I believe no matter what the way, no matter what way Washington wants to play this game, Michigan won't have it. And Michigan will do everything in their power to force Washington to play the game they want. And because of that, I think Michigan's going to win this game. And I literally, I can see over time, third quarter is going to be the key. It's going to be a hard-fought, contested game in the first half. Third quarter, I think Michigan pulls away, and I think it ends up being like a 30-21. to 21. Um, I was pretty close last week when I, when I predicted 20-17. to 17. I was three points off. I'm going to my official score prediction is going to be 31, Michigan 31, Washington 20. I think Michigan's defense will effectively make Washington trade touchdowns for field goals. I think they're going to cause Michael Penix to be stressed all day long. And no matter how fast Washington scores, Michigan is going to take their goddamn sweet time and move that ball down, and they're going to run it down your throat. And because Washington isn't as big as Michigan, Michigan is going to wear them down until the third quarter, 
and then they're just going to – don't be shocked if you see two or three big-time runs in the third quarter that effectively put this this game out of reach. And, I mean, if God for – Washington better hope that Donovan Edwards continues to be MIA. If Donovan Edwards has a great game, Michigan will blow Washington out by at least – Three scores. Because he's the home run threat they cannot account for. They cannot account for someone like that. If Donovan Edwards decides he's going to wake up and play against a team that isn't a very big defensive front and they're not great against the run, if he decides he's going to make a difference... Watch out. So 31-20, no, 31-20, Michigan wins this. Uh, Players of the game. um, Damn, that's a hard one. Because every time I pick someone, it seems like it only dooms them. So I'm not going to say players of the game because I don't want to jinx it. I really don't. I mean, I'm a psycho when it comes to superstition. Um but yeah, Michigan wins 31-20. We bring home a national title. It's going to be the best night of our freaking lives, and I can't wait. I just hope and I pray that Michigan doesn't overlook this team and they don't firmly place their head up their butts because if they do, we have a very good chance of losing, and this could be an awful night for us. But I truly believe Michigan's built different this year. They they are just – it almost seems destined. I hate to say that, but it almost does. Michigan 31, Washington 20. Um, dude, it is great. It's great to be a Michigan Wolverine, guys. It really is. Um, let's soak that in. Let Just this whole season, let's just enjoy it. Love it. Uh, cherish it. Uh, yeah, you know, and – it is great. I mean, it really is great to be a Michigan Wolverine. And forever and always, guys, go blue. Hey, just like my good buddy Tom Brady just said, download the app Autograph Rewarding Fans. Use my code MFRANT and start getting rewarded today. All right, go blue. Amazing Blue Nation, it's Tom Brady. I co-founded Autograph with one mission in mind. Change the fan experience for the better. That's why I'm excited to announce the release of a new app that recognizes the biggest Michigan fans. The Autograph Fandom app gives you access to the best Michigan content, fan challenges, and exclusive rewards for diehard Wolverines, all for doing the things you already do, like listening to this podcast. Head over to the Apple App Store and search for Autograph Rewarding Fans and download today.